Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Welcome. Welcome to the Hushbow Black Forum. You got me Hushbow driving this train this evening, July 4th, 2020. It's the 4th of July, y'all. The nation celebrates its birthday today, July 4th, 1775. Marks the uh, breakup, if you will, from uh, Great Britain. King King George III, I believe, was the uh, King of England at the uh, at the time. That this is uh, the United States of America's independent. Day. There's a lot of controversy about uh, the Fourth of July and uh, it's the celebration thereof. I uh, got a uh, a take on that. I concur with one of our great uh, leaders of. The past one Frederick Douglass on the subject. I uh, have to admire, just me personally, I'm American of African descent, y'all. Commonly referred to as African American, uh, Negro, uh, colored. Various other uh, human constructions of uh, my uh, race or ethnicity. I refer to myself only as, uh, by my nationality, that is American uh, of African descent. That's how I refer to myself. Uh, That's what I am. my family go back in this country generously, directly to 1784 here in the state of Georgia. So including my uh, my kids, that would be seven generations uh, in my family uh, here in the state of Georgia. And if I look at my, some of my siblings' kids, uh, we can stretch it back eight generations. Uh, so I'm indigenous to the United States of America. My forefathers were slaves here in African slaves here in the state of Georgia. Yeah, I, you know, I. Was, I can't hide the fact 
Because right now, believe it or not, here in 2020, we're having this discussion about racism. I do quite a bit of writing about reparations, you know, and um, really the need for reparations for Americans of African descent because of some of the very discussions that we have today dealing with race and racism, the killing of young black men, uh, and still the discriminatory practices against black people and a large portion of American society. That's what's going on here today. I contend in my writings that racism was actually a social system, part of a social system here in the country, in the old antebellum South. Racism was actually a part of the social system that existed here in the country. Some of its tendencies still exist today. Some of its tendencies still exist today. People are marching in the streets over the shooting or the killing, the murdering of George Floyd up in Minneapolis a few weeks back and another sister's killing of a black man here in Georgia uh, a couple of weeks back. And perhaps because of this pandemic that we're still marred in, people have a lot of time, uh, downtime, where they, they're paying attention to what's going on in the country. And sure enough, much of the uh, racism and discrimination against Americans of African descent is being broadcasted into our uh, living rooms or into our conscious through our phones, our telephones. <laughs> Believe it or not, today technology has it such that there's a camera everywhere and a lot of the stuff is being recorded on camera, then rebroadcast, not only here in the United States, but across the globe, yeah? This stuff can get broadcast across the globe in seconds. (laughs) And the world is uh, perhaps for the first time, perhaps not, seeing uh, with their own eyes the racism that still exists and the most powerfulest, the richest, the most sophisticated nation the world has ever known, the United States of America, which in its documents claim to be divinely created. Which fault 
a bloody civil war, y'all. Killing some 600,000 Americans to rid itself of the institution of slavery. That is shadow slavery. uh, That is enslaving another human being. Dragging another human being out of the continent of Africa, y'all, and bringing them thousands of miles to enslave them for the better part of 250 years. Uh, The world has never seen such atrocity in its history. Not recorded history. Nowhere in recorded history have slavery existed on the same scale to the same degree, the same shameful degree, the cruelty uh, to the extent it existed here in this country, the United States of America. I read about and know enough about our history to realize that slavery didn't just start here in this country with our founding fathers, the George Washingtons, the Thomas Jeffersons, and the like, were initially the subjects of England for King George. for the most part, and slavery came along with the English colonies. So I, when I look at them, I'm a realist, y'all. I look at what happened, and I don't today begrudge the statues of George uh, Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abe Lincoln, being on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I am not one for blowing up Mount Rushmore because of those individuals. Now, that's me. The Native Americans of North Dakota, they have a different take on that, a different perspective on those same individuals because of where that monument resides in the history about how it came from under their control. I understand that. They have a different uh, perspective about it. I am, you know, I uh, uh, don't believe that and I place the heroes of the Confederate during the Civil War at a different, at, in a different light, the Thomas, uh, the Jefferson Davis, the Robert E. Lee, and the like, those guys in my mind were treasonous uh, of villains against uh, the United States of America and should have been hung or shot for treason. Yeah. That's very different than Robert E. Lee and George Washington in my in my book now. I'm just telling you about me. So 
I'm not. In fact, I tell people right now, let's not get distracted about tearing down monuments, please. Us Americans of African descent, let's not get distracted. Let's not, please, get distracted about tearing down monuments. Let's get this. Uh, let's concentrate a hundred percent on getting out and voting come November third to uh, vote in some leadership up there in Washington, y'all. The rest of that stuff can, well, not wait. We got to, you know, we can't get away from it. We can't get away from racism, discrimination no more. I can get away from being black (laughs) in this country. We can't get away from it, y'all. It's impossible. But, but, I'm not going to die on the altar of uh, tearing down some monument right now. I am not. So uh, I'm just saying, that's me. Other people uh, may have different opinions about that. But uh, this 4th of July, I'm going to play the speech from Frederick Douglass on the 4th of July in 1852. And uh, I want you to, and we'll discuss it on the other end, but it's it's eerily relevant to today, y'all. This speech by Frederick Douglass in 1852, July 4th. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick pause. You got me hushbroke out of this train this evening. We got somebody online. We're going to see what's on their mind. And we'll be back after the break, y'all. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
Hey, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hurtful Podcast. Yeah, I mean, Hurtful riding this train before. I, <laughs> before I went on break, uh, we did have a caller. I had him back in the screening room. I, he hung up on me for some reason. Or a gentleman by the name of Ralph. He wanted to talk about the coronavirus, and then he went off on the, this tangent. He believed he was of the opinion that the government is taking our rights away from us. Because they're requiring us to wear a mask, y'all. I wish he had hung on because I would have brought him on the air. I would have brought him on the air. Um, That is just wrong, y'all. In the middle of this pandemic where two uh, uh, some million Americans have been infected, over 130,000 has died because of the inaction of this president, somebody... It's still of the opinion that somebody's trying to take away our rights because they're asking us to wear a mask to prevent the spread of it, or at least to slow down the, the spread of this deadly, this deadly enemy that has no cure, no medicine for, no vaccine for the eradication of it. To ask people to wear masks, to social distance, to wash your hands, to uh, try to help your fellow citizens stay alive is not taking away your rights, y'all. As an American of African descent, I know all about rights being taken away, y'all. You can't, nobody can come on this show and tell me about the government taking away rights. I know all too well about rights that was taken away from me and my people here in the country. Don't come on here telling me that somebody is taking away your rights because they're asking you to wear a mask to protect the public. I am not going to buy it, y'all. I will be happy to discuss, uh, debate it with you, uh, if you so choose. Before I went on break, I was talking about a 1852 speech by Frederick Douglass on the 4th of July. We're going to get into that. We're going to leave this stuff alone about wearing masks and stuff, <laughs> because that is not an argument. That is a non-starter when it comes to Somebody telling me that the government is taking away somebody's rights. Whose rights is being taken away? Certainly <laughs> not mine by asking me to wear a mask outside to uh, protect uh, uh, from or to uh, cut down on the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, this thing is deadly and because the President of the United States. Uh, have the audacity to spread uh, this hateful rhetoric that uh, this guy's uh, espousing is deeply regrettable, y'all. But how anybody can pay any attention to this guy after three and a half years of uh, watching him on the stage of history is beyond me. But that's, uh, that's on me. Uh, that's on me. I, uh, that's on them, yeah. 
I am not going to become a part of it. Uh, uh, and hopefully, come November 3rd, we can uh, uh, rid ourselves of this cancer. Uh, because like I was saying, this country who prides itself, who boasts about it in the founding documents of being some divinely created na- uh, nation, somehow a menace to the devil in charge of it. That's just my opinion. You know. We're going to get into uh, one uh, the meaning of this 4th of July for the millions of Americans who were in Bundy at the time of this speech in 1852. July 4th. Y'all take a listen and pick a pick your copy up. Go Google it and pick a copy and download it and keep it in your library, y'all. The following is a speech given by Frederick Douglass on the 4th of July in 1852. Fellow citizens, I am not warning in respect for the fathers of this republic. The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, too, great enough to give frame to a great age. It does not often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. The point which I am compelled to view them is not certainly the most favorable. And yet, I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen, patriots, and heroes. And for the good they did and the principles they contended for, I will unite with you to honor their memory. Fellow citizens, pardon me. Allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I or those I represent to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? And am I, therefore, called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us? Would to God, both for your sakes and ours, that an affirmative answer could be truthfully returned to these questions. Then would my task be light and my burden easy and delightful. For who is there so cold that a nation's sympathy could not warm him? Who so ordinant and dead to the claims of gratitude that would not thankfully acknowledge 
such priceless benefits. Whoso store it, store it, and selfish, that would not give his voice to swell the hallelujahs of a nation's jubilee when the chains of servitude had been torn from his limbs. I am not that man. In a case like that, the dumb might eloquently speak and the lame man leap as an heart. But such is not the state of the case. I see it with a sad sense of the disparity between us. I am not included within the pale of glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. And the rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn, to drag a man in feathers into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join you in joyous anthems were in human mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean citizens to mock me by asking me to speak today? If so, there is a parallel to your conduct. And let me warn you that it is dangerous to copy the example of a nation whose crimes towering up to heaven were thrown down by the breath of the Almighty, burying that nation in irrevocable ruin. I can today take up the plaintive lament of a peel and woe-smitten people. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away, captives, required of us a song, and they who wasted us required us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave in the roof of my mouth. Fellow citizens, above your national tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions whose chains heavy and grievous yesterday are today rendered 
more intolerable by the jubilee shouts that reach them. If I do forget, if I do not faithfully remember those bleeding children of sorrow this day, may my right hand forget her cunning and may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. To forget them, to pass lightly over their wrongs, and to chime in with the popular thing would be treason most scandalous and shocking and would make me a reproach before God and the world. My subject then, fellow citizens, is American slavery. I shall see this day in its popular characteristics from the slave's point of view. Standing there identified with the American bondsman, making his wrong minds. I do not hesitate to declare with all my soul that the character and conduct of this nation never looked blacker to me than on this 4th of July. Whether we turn to the declarations of the past or to the, the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. Standing with God and the crushed and bleeding slaves on this occasion, I will, in the name of humanity, which is outraged, in the name of liberty, which is fettered, in the name of the Constitution and the Bible, emphasize, I can, command everything that serves to perpetuate slavery and the great a slaveholder shall not confess to be right and just. But I fancy I hear someone of my audience say, it is just in this circumstance that you and your brother abolitionists failed to make a favorable impression on the public mind. Will you argue more and denounce less? Will you persuade more and rebuke less? Your cause would be much more likely to succeed. But I submit, Where all is plain, there is nothing to be argued. What point is the anti-slavery creed would you have me argue? On what branch of the subject do the people of this country need light? Must I undertake to prove that the slave is a man? That point is conceded already. Nobody doubts it. The slaveholders themselves acknowledge it as an enactment of laws for their government. They acknowledge it when they punish disobedience on the part of the slaves. There are 72 crimes in the state of Virginia which, 
if committed by a black man, no matter how ignorant he be, subject him to the punishment of death, while only two of the same crimes will subject a white man to the light punishment. What is this but the acknowledgement that the slave is a moral, intellectual, responsible being? The manhood of the slave is conceded. It is admitted in the fact that Southern statute books are covered with enactments forbidding under severe fines and penalties the teaching of the slave to read or to write. When you can point to any such laws in reference to the beast of the field, then I make a sense to argue the manhood of the slave. When the dogs in your streets when the fowls of the air, when the kettles of your heels, when the fish of the sea, and the reptiles that crawl shall be unable to distinguish the slave from a brute, then will I argue with you that the slave is a man. For the present, it is enough to affirm the equal manhood of the Negro race. Is it not astonishing that while we are plowing, planting, reaping, using all kinds of mechanical tools, erecting houses, constructing bridges, building ships, working in metals of brass, iron, copper, silver, and gold, that while we are reading, writing, and ciphering, acting as clerks, merchants, and secretaries, having among us lawyers, doctors, ministers, poets, authors, editors, orators, and teachers, that while we are engaged in all manner of enterprise, coming to other men, digging gold in California, capturing the whale in the Pacific, feeding sheep and cattle on the hillside, living, moving, acting, thinking, planning, living in families as husbands, wives, and children, and above all, confessing and worshiping the Christian's God, and looking hopefully for life and immortality beyond the grave. We are called upon to prove that we are men. Would you have me argue that man is entitled to liberty, that he is the rightful owner of his own body. You have already declared it. Must I argue the wrongfulness of slavery? Is that a question for Republicans? Is it to be settled by the rules of logic and argumentation? As a matter be set with great difficulty involving a doubtful application of the principle of justice hard to be understood. How should I look today in the presence of Americans dividing and subdividing a discourse to show that men have a natural right to freedom? Speaking of it relatively and positively, negatively and affirmatively, To do so would be to make myself ridiculous. 
and to offer an insult to your understanding. There is not a man beneath the canopy of heaven that does not know that slavery is wrong for him. What am I to argue that is wrong to make men brutes, to rob them of their liberty, to work them without wages, to keep them ignorant of their relations to their fellow men, to beat them with sticks, to flay their flesh with the lash, to load their limbs with irons, to hunt them with dogs, to sell them at auction, to sunder their families, to knock out their teeth, to burn their flesh, to starve them into obedience and submission to their masters. Must I argue that a system thus marked with blood and stained with pollution is wrong? No, I will not. I have better employment for my time and strength than such arguments would imply. What then remains to be argued? Is it that slavery is not divine? That God did not establish it? That our doctors of divinity are mistaken? There is less for me in the thought. That which is Inhuman cannot be divine. Who can reason on such a proposition? They that can, may I, may I cannot. The time for such argument is past. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that I that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed, and its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelties of which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your Sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impotence, your shouts of liberty and equality, 
hollow mockery. Your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgiving, with all your religious parades and solemnity are, to him, mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. A thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Go where you may, search where you will, roam through all the monarchies and despotisms of the old world, travel through South America, search out every abuse, and when you have found the last, lay your facts by the side of the everyday practices of this nation, and you will say with me that for revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without a rival. Allow me to say, in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and the doom of slavery is certain. I therefore leave all where I began. with hope. While drawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence, the great principles it contained and the genius of American institutions, my spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. Nations do not now stand in the same relation to each other that they did ages ago. No nation can now shut itself up from the surrounding world and trot around in the same old path of its fathers without interference. The time was when such could be done. Long established customs of hurtful character could formerly fence themselves in and do their evil work with social impunity. Knowledge was then confined and enjoyed by the privileged few, and the multitude walked on in mental darkness. But a change has now come over the affairs of mankind. Walled cities and empires have become unfashionable. The arm of commerce has borne away the gates of the strong city. Intelligence is penetrating in the darkest corners of the globe. It makes its pathways over and under the sea, as well as on the earth. Winds, wind, steam, and lightning are its chartered agents. 
Oceans no longer divide, but link nations together. From Boston to London is now a holiday excursion. Space is comparatively annihilated. Thoughts expressed on one side of the Atlantic are distinguished, distinctly heard on the other. The far off and almost fabulous Pacific rolls in grandeur at our feet. The celestial empire, the mystery of ages, is being solved. The fiat of the Almighty. Let there be light has not yet spent its force. No abuse, no outrage, whether in taste, sport, or avarice, cannot hide itself from the all-prevailing light. The iron shoe and crippled foot of China must be seen in contrast with nature. Africa must rise and put on her yet unwoven garment. Ethiopia shells stretch out her hand unto God. In the fervor aspirations of William Lord Garrison, I say and let every heart join in saying it. God speed the year of Jubilee the wide world over. When from their galling chains set free, the oppressed shall valley been the knee and where the yoke of tyranny like brutes no more that year will come and freedom ring to man his plundered rights again restore God speak the day when human blood Shall cease to flow. In every clime be understood the claims of human brotherhood, and each return for evil good, not bow, not blow for blow. That day will come, all fused to end, and change into faithful friends, each foe. God speak the hour, the glorious hour, when none on earth shall exercise a lordly power, nor in a tyrant's present tower, but to all manhood stature tower by equal birth, that hour will come to each to all, and from his prison house to thrall go forth. Until that year, day, hour arrive, with head and heart and hand, I'll strive to break the rod and rend the jive, the spoiler of his prey deprived, so witness heaven. And never from my chosen foes, whatever the pearl or the cost be driven. That, my friend, was a great speech by the great 
Frederick Douglass explaining to American society in 1852 just what the 4th of July at that particular time meant to Americans of African descent. Hey, and uh, you know, just listening to that uh, speech by Frederick Douglass back there in 1852 on July 4th, today here, July 4th, 2020, that speech, that speech, if you transpose the word racism out of it and replaced it with slavery or or I, I said that just backwards. If you transpose slavery out of that speech and inserted racism here today, you would have you would have exactly 168 years later the exact condition that Americans of African descent find themselves in today here, confronting and dealing with the racism that still exists in the country today. So I I applaud. <laughs> oh, just, oh, I, I applaud Frederick Douglass uh, for uh, such an eloquent uh, rendering of uh, the slaves' condition back there in 1852, y'all. But like I said, when you look at racism in 2020, uh, oh, no doubt, no doubt. As he said in that speech, the long arm of the Lord did, in fact, uh, rid the nation of the institution of slavery. Uh, he, he prophesied about it in that speech some eight years before it, uh, the beginning of uh, the downfall of slavery uh, through the Civil War, through uh, some 600,000 Americans' lives. Uh, but uh, Racism itself has not been eradicated. It still exists today. It's still doing enormous damage to our country. Still doing enormous damage to our country today. Uh, racism is. And like he suggested that no man under the canopy of heaven could make the argument that slavery is good for him. I said today, no man under the canopy of heaven could stand up and make an argument that racism against him is somehow good. You can't make that argument. 
You can't make that argument. No man can make that argument that racism uh, is uh, good for him, where through it, you're denied access to the society in which you live. You're denied full access into the society with which you live. You're denied full or equal access to uh, the criminal justice system, to the legal system uh, 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 in its entirety. Nobody in this country certainly could make that argument, y'all, that racism is good for him. That was just a great, 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 great speech, y'all. That's one of many by Frederick Douglass. That is perhaps my favorite. What the Fourth of July mean? The meaning of the Fourth of July for the Negro in 1852, while millions of them were in chattel slavery here in the country. This 4th of July, 2020, we had the President of the United States marching up to Mount Rushmore in North Dakota, declaring that nobody would ever deface this monument. When we, the country is in the midst of a deadly pandemic where no federal leadership at all is in sight and tens of thousands has died, millions has contacted or contract this deadly virus, yeah? And he is running around trying to divide the country at a time when it's critical that the country come together to fight this common enemy, yeah? It's critical that the country come together and confront this deadly, deadly disease. Yeah? It is no time for the President of the United States to be trying to divide the country for his own political benefit. Yeah? It is absolutely a shame that we have uh, this president uh, embarked on this divisive uh, undertaking. Y'all get out and vote in November. Get out and vote at all costs. Don't do anything else. Get out and vote this November to try and let's remove uh, this guy from the White House show. He's doing irreparable damage to the country. Hey, y'all, you got me hushboat driving this train this evening. It's July 4th, yeah, the nation's independent day, the nation's birthday, if you will, 2020. You all have a good uh, holiday and uh, try to stay safe. 
uh, from the Twyra show. That's that's going to wrap up the Hushville Black Forum for this evening, y'all. We're going to be right back here next week on the 11th uh, with a full two-hour show. We're cutting it uh, short this evening. In honor of our uh, independence, we're going to move on to uh, some other commitments we got today. Until next week, y'all. Ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.